0: That's right. When you don't know what to do, just keep on breathing. From the City of Angels in Los Angeles, welcome to all my listeners out there in Radio Land. I'm Dave, the caregiver's caregiver at caregiverdave.com, along with my lovely co-host, former mayor of California Beach Town, and best-selling author, Debbie Peterson. And we're also coming to you live and on demand 24-7 on numerous syndicated radio and podcast networks, on 26 global audio and video platforms, including iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Vimeo, Stitcher Radio, Blog Talk Radio. I won't bore you with the rest, but there's a lot of them. In fact, we are proud to be voted number one Caregiver Podcast on FeedSpot out of thousands, and also number one caregiver podcast of the top 50 on Player FM. And we have an especially exciting show planned for you today. Today's show is called Block Burnout and Laugh Again. Oh, if only we could laugh again. <laughs> Debbie Compton is a three-time caregiver for parents with different forms of dementia. Yes, there is more than one form, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and vascular dementia. She's a certified caregiving consultant, certified caregiver advocate, educator for the Alzheimer's Association, speaker, author of nine books, Debbie's first book, Caregiving, How to Hold On While Letting Go. I love that title offers actionable steps for caregivers as well as questions to ask doctors, in-home caregivers, facilities, and more. It's full of humor and inspiration. Debbie is the founder of the Purple Vine LLC, whose mission is to empower caregivers with the tools and strategies needed to reduce stress, block burnout, and learn to laugh again. Debbie believes it's okay to get knocked down, but it's not okay to stay down. I wonder if she is a stand-up comic because she talks about laughing so much, but we'll get to that later. Before, I do want to take this moment to thank my last week's guest, Denise Brown. She began helping individuals who care for a family member in 1990, launched a business, Caring.com, maybe you've heard of it, to support them in 95. She since has sold her business and now trains caregivers to help train other caregivers. So, all right, enough of that. Uh, I just want to explain that you can listen to that show and all our shows on our website, caregiverdave.com and any of the 26 global audio and video platforms I mentioned earlier. All right. So Debbie, so great to have you on the Caregiver Dave show. I, we should name you Debbie one and Debbie two because we have two. <laughs> as long as I
1: get to be. <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yes. And thank you for being so flexible in your schedule. We had a cancellation today and you were scheduled for next week and you just dropped everything. Uh, I was going to say a boring conference, but I don't want to say that I might get someone mad at you. Um, We're glad that you were able to make it. Let's just put it that way.
1: (laughs) Thank you. I learned flexibility by being a caregiver.
0: That's right. All entrepreneurs, they say that uh, they, they, Let me see if I get this right now. Great, successful entrepreneurs um, make their mind up quickly and change their mind slowly, whereas unsuccessful entrepreneurs make their minds up very slowly and change their mind very quickly. So I'm sure you have found that to be true.
1: Absolutely. Anyway,
0: I do want to ask our first question, uh, who is Debbie Compton and why was she placed on God's green earth? (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, that's a great question. I am a lot of different things. I so wear a lot of different hats. Um, I I was in business and traveling coast to coast and loving life and thinking I had my plan all figured out. I was going to retire at that company that I loved. And that turned out to not be the plan. And so we had a drastic change. And so now uh, the reason that I'm here here is to help other caregivers, because as you mentioned, I've been down the road three times with three different forms of dementia, three different living arrangement situations, and so I've seen a lot, experienced a lot. I've made a whole lot of the mistakes so that other people don't need to make those mistakes. I can cut their learning curve drastically down if they just uh, learn from what I did, and I I tell about that in my book. You're talking about Uh, caregiving how to hold on while letting go Uh, my husband helped me come up with that title and I just I love it because you're holding on to your sanity and letting go of the upsets and regrets and you're trying to hold on to your loved one but you're also letting go as you're watching them deteriorate and and it just works on so many different levels but through the whole thing you have to have laughter And you have to learn to laugh about it now. The faster you can laugh about it, the healthier you're going to be.
0: Yes, I love great book titles like that. Um, I wrote about my gas station. I've been a gas station owner for 44 years. And I came up with the title, Getting Hosed, Secret Confessions of a Gas Station Owner.
1: (laughs) I love it. That's great.
0: All right. So, welcome, Debbie uh, Peterson. I didn't. uh, I didn't actually welcome you yet, officially. So you are officially welcomed. And um, hope you had a great week. Hope you've been on a lot of TV uh, interviews.
2: I had two TV and two radio interviews last week. Yeah, it's been a busy week.
0: I'm watching them. You're getting better and better and better. You must have a good mentor.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think we've got the same one.
0: Yes. (laughs) I'm. I'm,
2: I have a question for Debbie. Uh huh. And I and I'm not sure it's one that you had even mentioned that we might be interested in asking. Mm-hmm. But I, I you know I I see as I start to age, all of a sudden I see a little bit of my mother in me and some of my oh, father. No. in me. And, oh, yikes! And me I think
0: too.
2: <laughs> you know. But, but even scarier than that is I can kind of see what might be coming down the pike for me in them. And I wondered mm. if, if, having dealt with three some- different kinds of dementia, I'm assuming one from each of your parents, maybe. How does, how does that affect you? How does that leave you feeling about what, what might be coming for you?
1: That is, that is a wonderful question because that's something that bothers so many caregivers. So many of us live with that. Oh, I don't want to get it. I don't want to be a burden on my family. (laughs) And so research helps a whole lot in that one. I found out that Parkinson's is not hereditary and that's what my Mm -hmm. dad had. So I don't have to worry about that one. I can just mark that one off the list. Um, Alzheimer's can be, but that was my mother-in-law who had that. So it's not in my family tree, but my mother had vascular dementia and it was brought on by uncontrolled high blood pressure. So things that you can do is what's your numbers control, your blood pressure, your cholesterol, um, you know, diabetes. These are huge risk factors for dementia.
0: Even and so alcoholism, keep... right?
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. And brain trauma, having a concussion, head injuries, So if there are things that you can do to greatly reduce your odds of getting it and getting exercise is the best thing. The number one way to reduce your odds of getting dementia is getting up and moving around for at least 30 minutes a day. Wow. So yeah, there's a lot you can do. So don't live in that depression and that dark doom and gloom. Do things to to reverse it. Make sure you don't get it.
2: So you feel encouraged. You feel like you almost kind of dodged a bullet or, or at least for a lot of us, it's possible possibly to dodge that
1: bullet. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And you (laughs) still, you know, you still have that in the back of your mind of, you know, it still might happen. You could still get it, but you know what? You could get hit by a car walking across the street too. Anything could happen, but I choose to not live in fear, but to live in positivity and to be thankful because another great way right. to help your brain is to be thankful for everything that you have. And if you're feeling depressed and sad, well, write down right. three things that you're thankful for every day. And it's going to change your mindset. It will help your brain. It'll help your creativity if you don't let yourself repeat anything. And mm-hmm. so there's a lot, just a whole lot that you can do to right. to be positive.
0: So have an attitude of gratitude to avoid getting dementia or Alzheimer's. Absolutely. Take that to the bank. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, know, nobody plans on being a caregiver. It wasn't in my resume. I didn't prepare for it. Uh, They didn't teach me caregiving 101 in high school, right along with uh, home ec. you know, how to grill a cheese sandwich. Um, So what did you do to prepare for taking care of your three parents? And uh, that's a silly question, because I know you probably didn't prepare for it because you weren't expecting it and we, no. we know that our parents I, are getting older and that it's eventuality, but we don't think right. about it, do we?
1: We don't. We don't. I had my plan and my life goals and my ambitions and I knew they were getting older. I knew they were having some memory problems, but you know, I had things in place for them and I was traveling Tuesday through Thursday. So I'd set up the pill boxes on Monday and had their food prepared. I had, uh, the daily living center come and pick mom and dad up and take them to the daily living center and bring them home. I figure everything's good. We got it covered (laughs) and silly me not even realizing that dementia gets progressively worse. It doesn't get better. And You know, it's it's just that's a whole big part of it is that is accepting the fact that you can't retrain them. You can't teach them new things. Those days are over. Mm -hmm. Accept where you are. Be glad for where you are, because one day you're going to wish that you had it that good again.
0: That's true. Be careful what you wish for also. (laughs) Debbie, you got another question?
2: Well, I think the other thing that I've observed is is um, not having that expectation, not only can you not teach them, but not to lose your temper with people. And thats it's so easy to become frustrated at things that if they were acting as they used to always act, you might lose your temper and it might be reasonable, but nowadays it's not. And it's one of the things I even see most in my friends who have family members with dementia is that they keep thinking if they tell them how to do things, it's going to work. And then they get mad when it doesn't work. And I keep saying, you need to lose that. Let it go. As you say in your book.
1: Yes. But that's a common thing. I did that too. I'm like, mom, you're just not focusing. And so I make her the big chart, you know, and hang it on the wall next to the door. So here you go, go look at it. It will tell you. And that's just silly me. You know, that lasts for a very, very short time, but not for very long. And I quickly discovered that I was not alone in that. So many people do that and they get so frustrated with the parent thinking the the parent is just trying to be difficult. Mm -hmm. They're having a difficult time. They're not trying to be difficult.
2: And when yeah. you so, say, mom, you're not focusing, you are absolutely right. But it's because mom can't focus. She's not focusing, right. not because she won't focus.
1: Exactly. It's not a choice. They didn't yeah. choose to get the disease either. No. It's like yeah. a young
0: child. you know, We don't expect much from a one-year-old or a two-year-old. We give them a lot of grace. And you know, we come down to their level. And that's what happens when you get older. We go back to... You know, childhood, diapers, communication, and it, it get you know, we can't find those words and, and pretty soon uh, you're two again. <laughs>
1: right. And, and, you know, that really reminded me because one of the best things that you can do as a caregiver is to learn your person learn their likes and dislikes, learn the kinds of food that they love, learn the kinds of drinks that they love, the type of movies they like to watch. That way, when you're going through the drive-thru and you ask your mother-in-law with (laughs) Alzheimer's what she would like to drink, and she answers Dawson Packer, you know (laughs) that she means Dr. Pepper. So, (laughs) because in her mind, that's what she said. She had started off as Dr. Pepper, but it got lost in translation, if you will. And by the time it came out, it came out wrong. But if I'm telling her she didn't say the right thing, she thinks I'm crazy. (laughs)
0: Yeah, My wife's like that, too. She doesn't have dementia, but she does have a stroke and she has aphasia and her words get all jumbled up and she'll try to write things down and they're spelled wrong. They're missing vowels and syllables. But um, how you probably didn't even know what burnout was or didn't know, you know, every time you go on a plane, they tell you put your oxygen mask on first, uh, that that would somehow relate to, uh, a very important, uh, aspect of your life, you know, putting your needs first and, and, uh, trying to, you know, eat right and sleep right and get to your proper rest and all that stuff. Um, did you understand about burnout? Did it happen to you? Uh, or did you I, I dodge even, that bullet? No, I didn't no, I got hit square.
1: I did not even know what burnout was. I didn't know it was a thing and I did not put my needs, let alone first, second, they weren't even on the chart most of the time um, because I was trying to juggle three different parents, my father, my mother-in-law, and my mom with different forms of dementia at various stages. And so all my time and effort and energy was focused on them. I missed doctor's appointments, dentist appointments, everything. And I finally hit the wall and just... That's um, I didn't have a definition for it, but I knew that I was physically, emotionally, mentally drained. I knew that I could not keep going on this way. And I had been asking for help, but I wasn't getting help. I wasn't asking in the right ways. I wasn't making my needs clear enough to people, because when you're trying to explain to someone who doesn't live with you, isn't with the situation all the time, it doesn't make sense. And when you're telling them about these behaviors that are bizarre, it's hard for them to even comprehend. And because it isn't rational and dementia is not rational. Right. And so, yeah, I, uh, I hit the wall and I went drastic. I created a folder with my mother-in-law's list of her medications, list of her doctors, lists of her foods, likes and dislikes and things, put it all together, created a schedule because she had five children. And I was her daughter-in-law and I was her caregiver and cause no one else could deal with it. It's like, uh, anyway, that's a whole nother thing. How did that but affect anyway,
0: your husband watching you go through that?
1: Uh, it, he, he appreciated what I was doing, but he was working a full-time job. And so I didn't want him to get up all through the night and try to work mm-hmm. through the day too. And then there are things that are difficult for a son to take care of with his mom, you know, like sure. we're sitting on the couch and I have a vivid memory of him elbowing me one day and I'm like, what? And I look over and his mother's sitting next to him completely topless. And <laughs> cause she just pulled it off. And I mean, he was just, he was just staring at the TV. He couldn't move. Yeah. He's like, deal with it, deal with it, please. <laughs> so, but yeah, my binder fair. and things that i put together, I, and I fixed the schedule of rotation and then I took my mother in law to the first house and dropped her off and said, I'm going to visit my son in North Carolina. I'll be back in two weeks. Have fun. <laughs> and did that work? It was extremely eye-opening for them. They called me a lot and said, You're not going to believe what mom did. And I said, Yeah, she does that all the time. <laughs> and they're like, She was up all night. I'm exhausted. Yeah. Yeah, she does that all the time.
0: Welcome to my wife. so it was,
1: yeah. It was very eye-opening for them. Uh, They really had not comprehended the level of exhaustion that I was feeling until I did that.
0: I can't believe you did that because that's the hardest thing for me to get caregivers to do is to just leave, you know, and say, okay, well, they won't take care of them as well as, no, they won't. Uh, The best you can hope for is adequate care, that you come back and she's still alive, you know. But um, it, it's well, perfectionism. Of, Is it about perfectionism? Are you a perfectionist? Yeah, a little bit,
1: yeah. yeah a little well, bit of control issues too.
0: Yeah, but, but you, uh, no. you you ignored all of that and you did it anyway. Did you feel guilty for doing it? Did you wonder if you did the right thing? No. Did you second guess yourself?
1: Nope, not at that point. Because at that You're point, a fast learner. I was so exhausted that I couldn't go on and i just i could not get them to understand or to help or to give me a learning
0: experience you wanted to teach them as well
1: yes it was a great teaching moment for them it was wonderful for them
0: and how did they change their behavior and attitude afterwards when you got back? because absence makes the heart grow fonder you know
1: it does (laughs) When my husband picked me up at the airport and brought me home, they were sitting in the driveway with my mother-in-law. It was like, thanks, guys. Can I get in the door? Nope. But they were much more understanding. They were much more supportive. And, you know, and I felt refreshed because I actually got to get some sleep. And, uh, you know, my husband would have helped more. But again, I just I didn't want it to be all on him. I wanted some of the daughters to step up, you know, and help a little bit, but, yeah. but it was, it was a good experience for them because they were much more understanding after that, which helped me a
0: great deal. It reminds me of a funny joke and uh, I don't know why I'm telling it because it totally uh, doesn't uh, fit the situation, but it's, it kind of does. But uh, there's a question. How do you know who loves you more, your dog or your wife? Well, well, Lock them both in the trunk of your car for three hours and see who's happier to see you when they get out.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like your husband greeting you at the airport. You know? He's the so dog. By the way. OK, he's the dog. Oh, OK, yeah. <laughs> it sounds
2: like that's tip number one. Walk yeah no. Away okay. and let them fix yeah, it I out. don't
0: recommend that. By the, by the way,
2: <laughs> no, that's that's not one of the tips, Dave. <laughs> I'm talking no, about no, no, no.
1: not Dave. Yeah, I was going to say I do not endorse that. No.
0: Okay, no, but so, you do I'm have sure tips. You, you, sure have, you do. have three three tips, right? Yeah.
1: I do. I do. There are there are lots, but um, yeah. the very the very first thing that caregivers can do for themselves is to get an education on the disease. Research the disease that your loved one has, or whether it's stroke or dementia or whatever it is, research, read about that from reputable sources, the Mayo Clinic, if it's Parkinson's, then the Parkinson's Foundation, Alzheimer's, then ALZ.org, but learn as much as you can because that will help you be better prepared, and that's what I put in my book also is steps and stages of the three different forms of diseases so that you can be ready and be prepared before you hit that stage. So you don't yeah. just get hit blind um, like I did. I'd never even been around anyone who had Parkinson's before dad and I wow. started hallucinating and I didn't know what to do with that. Oh, wow. And that's a whole lot of why I do what I do now is because when I did my research, the main thing I could find was don't argue with him, but that's not enough. There's so much more that you need. And so that's what I offer caregivers is Actionable steps. Try this. Try this. Try this. And never. There's never a right way because everyone's different and everyone's journey is a little different. But the more ideas that you can have to try, the better off you are.
2: So that so, tip number education. one: educate yourself. What What are the? Got, do you have a couple of others? Other yeah, tips? Absolutely.
1: People? Absolutely. One that uh, Dave already touched on previously, but self-care is not selfish. Mm -hmm. And I had to learn that the hard way because, as you alluded to, the oxygen mask on the airplane, I wasn't doing that. I, I had to hit rock bottom before I realized that I have to make some time for me and that I can't let this happen again. And I never did. I never got to that extreme at all again. Because I changed my approach in asking for support and realizing where support was. I have people tell me, you know, well, I don't have any siblings. I don't have any support. Yes, you do. Do you do you belong to a church or synagogue? There are people there. Do you go to a senior center? There are people there who are lonely. I drove to a friend's house who was a senior that had all her mental faculties. She just didn't drive anymore. Picked her up, brought her to my house, let her watch a movie with my mother-in-law while I took a bath. And I mean, I just soaked in the tub. I was still there. If they needed me, I was there. I was present. It was like a mini vacation. It was wonderful.
0: You know, you're the first one who's ever had, in all my interviews, you're the first one who ever brought up that idea, go to somebody's house who's lonely, bring them back and let them be your babysitter. And while you can take a bath or whatever, that's brilliant. It's
2: It's great. Their health as well.
0: Yeah, well, two It'll birds and one stone, <laughs>
1: and and it makes them feel needed and necessary again. So you're improving their oh. well-being by allowing them to help you, and all they're doing is watching a movie. It's well, you know, but it, but they're making sure they're safe,
2: and it gives it gives your relative a, a break with another person that they probably feel comfortable and safe with as well. Yes,
1: absolutely, nice and if they too. run into trouble, you're there. You're not mm-hmm. gone. I didn't, I would never leave and go grocery shopping and leave them alone. Yeah. But taking a bath was incredible.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's nice. Okay. So that's two tips, I think. Is there a number three?
1: Yes. This one, you know, it's just um, speaks to me. These are all things that I had to learn. Okay. So I'm not pointing a finger at anybody. It's It's like, oh. this is what I had to learn the hard way. Let go of perfectionism Mm. and learn to laugh sooner because we, an example of that, um, I was taking my mom and my mother-in-law to go to an eye doctor appointment, which is not the brightest idea in the first place to take one lady with vascular dementia and one with Alzheimer's, but I was thinking, hey, I'm going to cut down my travel time. I'll take them both at once and, you know, we'll just knock this thing out. Oh, my. So, you know, I get one fully dressed and and she's sitting on the couch and then I take the other one to go get her dressed. And when I come back, first one has taken those clothes all off and put her pajamas <laughs> back on because <laughs> I left the pajamas laying on the couch. So you're like, oh, you know, OK, lesson learned. Move the clothes. Don't leave them there. You know, learn as you go. That's what this is all yeah. about. And so I finally get them around. We get to the eye doctor's appointment. I am thrilled because we were actually on time. Everyone's fully dressed. They have their dentures. They have their glasses. I mean, this is a win, right? And I look down and my mom is wearing two different shoes. And, my, well, first, that myself. Yeah, my, and my, my first thought is, oh my gosh, I blew it. And then I immediately grabbed a hold of that and said, no, 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 wait, this is still a win. This is a good thing. I am going to keep the win and forget about the shoes because you know what? She's got another pair just like I'm at home. It, it's fine.
2: That's wonderful. Yeah. When I, I did that, I actually, my girlfriend noticed it and I had on two different pairs of sneakers and I said, take a picture, take a picture. <laughs> I've still got that picture. How we still laugh about it? So, um, yeah.
0: <laughs> and you know, I did at now-
1: work before one day too.
0: Now that now that caregiving is over, um, people just think that uh, you're automatically happy, uh, you know, um, but it's not always that way, is it? Some people go through a deep depression. Some people had their identity uh, changed in their mind that this is who I am. This is who I am from now on. And now they don't know what to do with themselves. What happened now? What happened when it happened to you? and, And how have you progressed in those feelings and those attitudes? being a after caregiver?
1: It was, it was really, um, I was surprised because Mm -hmm. when my dad passed away, I mean, it was hard and I didn't, he was the first to go. Um, And, and so it was difficult, but I had to go on. I had mom and my mother-in-law and then my mother-in-law passed away here in our home. And so again, it, it was a really nice time, a family coming together and sitting around and telling old stories and laughing as she passed but it's still very difficult. And it was very life changing because she had lived with us for the last year. And, and was so she in on the
0: hospice? That, hospice?
1: At the end, I brought him in much too late. Mm. I, you know, wasn't very smart about that either. See, I did all the mistakes so that I can tell people don't do this.
2: Number four, bring in hospice sooner.
1: Yes, bring in hospice sooner. And then, uh, but when my mom passed away, she just passed away this September. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. I couldn't believe it because uh, Because she she was the last one, the last one. And she had it for 22 years. And so it um, I was shocked because we we did the graveside service in Arkansas where my dad was buried. I live in Oklahoma. So it's a three and a half hour drive. We've made it a million times, Um, but I never slept on the journey or anything. Sometimes I might catnap for five minutes. Maybe that's it. But we finished the gravesite, and I told my husband, "I said I'm just exhausted," and he said, "Well, just take a nap." So I laid the seat back, and I didn't wake up till we got home. Three and a half hours later, he woke me up, and then I slept just for a week. I just kept sleeping and sleeping, and I was just completely exhausted. And I think yeah. it was just finally allowed all three of them to really, you know, grieve the loss that I couldn't before because I had to keep going on for other people and I had to keep doing all these things. Wow. So yeah, it was a shock. So, but you know, now, Hey, we're, we're going, um, because that I look at, there's a reason for everything that happens in our lives and everything can be used to help someone else. And that's, that's the way my heart operates. And so I feel like I've been through this so that I can help other people. And I can share with them some some do's and don'ts, some pointers, some tips, anything to make their life a little easier so they don't have to struggle so much.
0: Well, my gosh, I can't believe how fast our time has gone today. We've gone through so much. Um, I appreciate you coming on the show, but we need to um, give your contact. If somebody wants to buy one of your nine books or or just pick your brain, uh, you have a way of doing that?
1: Absolutely. Yes. Uh, My website is thepurplevine.com. And on that, there's a there's a blog with a lot of different articles and information. There's also a weekly email list that I send out an email once a week. I don't send it out every day like a lot of people suggest, because caregivers do not have time to read something Uh every day. And so it goes out once a week with helpful information and freebies and different things like that. Um, all my books are on Amazon or they can also they're most of them are listed on my website. Um, but people can reach me by emailing me directly at debcompton1 number one at gmail.com. And that way it'll come directly to me. And so for um for your well, I got, got my certifications after two of my loved ones passed away. That's when I became a certified caregiving consultant and a certified caregiver advocate. And so I learned a lot of stuff that really would have been beneficial to me had I known it sooner, but I didn't. And so there again, you know, it benefited mom it it helped in her journey, but it would have benefited the other Mm. two if I'd gone through the training sooner. So Mm. that's really my message to caregivers is reach out, let me help you. Um, because I can, I can help you and your loved one.
0: Right. Um, Debbie, how do people get a hold of Mayor Deb and find out all that she does the wonderful stuff?
2: Easiest thing is mayordebby.com. So just the word mayor, my first name, Debbie, good name for this show. <laughs>
0: <dot com. laughs>
2: and, and I, I teach people how to um, become involved in local government and, um, change the world that way.
0: Great. And I just want everyone to remember that all our live shows become recorded pod and video casts on your favorite platforms that I mentioned earlier. And my number one selling book, Secrets from the Hammock, Uncommon Wisdom for Uncommon Times, is spreading wisdom all over the world. It's available wherever books are sold and also on my free membership website, caregiverdave.com, where you can also schedule a free 30-minute initial coaching call to talk about whatever you're struggling with. 30 minutes of wisdom can often resolve a debilitating problem Again, that's caregiverdave.com. And don't forget my Caregiver Dave Facebook online community of 34,000 caregivers. Lots of tools, resources, videos, this radio show, and much, much more. And did you know that if you click the like or follow button on whatever platform you're watching or listening to this show on, it helps us reach even more caregivers by improving Google search engine algorithms. So click that for me right now. Uh, again, a true heartfelt thank you to all my listeners out there, to the two Debbies, uh, everyone who tunes in every Wednesday and making us the number one carrier radio show on the internet. Until next week, same time, same channel. May God richly bless you all. Bye-bye. I'm Dave Nassani. My fourth book, Secrets from the Hammock, Uncommon Wisdom for Uncommon Times, is a number one bestseller on Amazon. As a young boy, I was told I possessed an unusual amount of wisdom for my age. As a young man, I found myself counseling friends and older family members whenever they needed answers to their problems. Then at 21, I read the Bible for the very first time and learned how King Solomon asked God for wisdom instead of riches, yet he received both. I was so impressed that I too asked God for wisdom. Soon after, I discovered when lying on my hammock, I would receive wisdom from God. This book is the result of my passion to share with the world wisdom's tremendous benefits. Join me as I reveal practical aspects of wisdom for the mind, body, and spirit. 31 Lessons I Learned From God That Can Change Your Life. Available in hardcover, audible, kindle, and paperback. Wherever books are sold. I've spoken all over the country and London, and am available to speak at your event. Contact me at hammockwisdom.com. Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing uh.